Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show and super excited to be able to record a live episode in the daytime instead of late in the evening. So uh, happy about that. So thank you for joining. If you're going to join on the live stream or if you're going to listen on the audio podcast feed later. So let me go ahead and do some housekeeping. Before I get into that, though, I have a little scratch in my throat this morning. So if you see me drink some water or hear me um, clearing my throat, I apologize. Hopefully I won't do that too many times during the episode. All right. So this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. I discuss and review movies new and old. So let's get some housekeeping out of the way. The new episode on the audio feed just dropped this morning. That is my discussion and review of the 1985 film Brewster's Millions. And my guest was my friend Mike McCready. We both discussed that movie. That was a lot of fun. So check it out now. It's available on Spotify or wherever you get podcasts. You can also download episodes of the show whenever you'd like from the website. That's letmebendyourear.com. The YouTube channel is Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. The Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Let Me Bend Your Ear. The Twitter handle is at Bend Your Ear Pod. I'm currently broadcasting live on all of those platforms and on Twitch as well. The handle for Twitch is also Bend Your Ear Pod. So again, Brewster's Millions is available. It dropped this morning, so you'll be able to watch and listen to it uh, at your leisure. So I've been on a 80s movies kick, if you've listened to the last few shows over the last seven or eight weeks. So when I was picking a movie to watch uh, for this week's episode that I'm taping now, I was looking on HBO Max and ran into the film Michael Clayton, which was released in 2007, written and directed by Tony Gilroy and starring George Clooney. And I'll get into that in a minute. So this is going to be the first of many episodes that I would classify in this podcast as a rewatch episode. So this is the first movie. Now, I've seen Michael Clayton before. I saw it probably right when it came out in 2007. And I remember at the time it was a critically acclaimed movie. It got several Oscar nominations, uh, critically pretty much adored. I watched the movie back in 2007, and I got to say, I didn't, I wasn't impressed with it. I thought it was slow moving, and uh, I didn't love it as much as all the critics did. So that's the only time I had seen the movie. So when I saw it last night uh, in the queue, in the HBO Max queue, I was like, let me revisit this movie because I've heard other podcasters, other critics in the years since really advocate for this movie and really discuss what a great movie it really is. So I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe I need to revisit it. And I know I've been thinking about doing a series of episodes here and there where I would rewatch a movie that I have already seen and uh, rewatch it and then review it. So I thought this was a good one to start with because one, Michael Clayton, I've never reviewed for the podcast. Uh, so this is a movie I've never reviewed before, but it is a movie I've seen. And then I rewatched it last night. So I definitely want to share my thoughts on the movie after the rewatch. So let's get into it. So again, Michael Clayton was written and directed by Tony Gilroy. So he is a renowned screenwriter. Probably his most famous credit is, is the Bourne movies. So he's the co-screenwriter or screenwriter of the Bourne movies. So I'm a big fan of the Jason Bourne movies. Great screenplays, a lot of action. If you've seen those movies, uh, very good. You know, he's a very good screenwriter. So he wrote and directed this film. And the cast uh, head is headed by George Clooney, who plays Michael Clayton, the title character. Tom Wilkinson who is Arthur Edens, who's a senior litigator for the firm that he works at. Tilda Swinson is Karen Crowder. She's the general counsel of the agricultural company uh, that is being sued. So we'll get into that when I get into the plot in a minute. Sidney Pollack, the director actor, is uh, Martin Bach. He's the managing partner of the firm that Michael Clayton works for. Michael O'Keefe is Barry Grissom, 
who also works at the phone at the firm. And uh, you have uh, Ken Howard, if you know him from the White Shadow from the 70s series, is also in the movie. One notable cast member that I actually had, for, had forgotten was in this movie was Merritt Weaver. So if you don't know that name, she plays Anna, who was one of the plaintiffs in the class action suit. But I know her from Nurse Jackie. So if you watch that show, uh, she is the uh, nurse that kind of is uh, following Jackie around and is her, you know, mentee. And she's fabulous on that show, and she's great in this movie. She's a really, really good actress. Uh, I've, I've seen her in just, in just Nurse Jackie and now seeing her here. Obviously, this came out in 2007, so I didn't know who she was back then, but she's really good in this movie. All right, so as the movie opens, uh, Michael Clayton is at a card game, and he's gambling, playing cards at, a, you know, obviously an illegal place. So he is called after his game is over by a customer that says someone has hit a driver and left the scene of the accident. So the person that did the hit and run is a big client of Michael Clayton's firm. And Michael Clayton's role is he is what is called a fixer. So basically what his job is, is when clients of theirs get in sticky situations, his job is to get them unstuck from those situations as best as he can. So again, he goes over to the perpetrator's home. He proceeds to tell him that he needs to get local counsel and they need to nip this in the bud and get this resolved. So after he gives his advice, he leaves uh, the perpetrator's house. He's on his way home driving his vehicle and uh, he stops on the side of the road randomly to see some horses that are up on a hill. So he goes up to the horses as he exits the vehicle. He's up away from the vehicle and looking at the horses, his vehicle explodes. So somebody planted a bomb in his car. So, Right after that, it goes to four days previous. So then that's when the movie starts. So as we learn, again, Michael Clayton's character, he is a attorney who is a fixer for a high-powered law firm. The law firm is uh, currently defending a class action suit. They are representing UNorth, which is an agricultural company, uh, from charges of getting people sick. Uh, so it's a $6 billion or $3 billion lawsuit. They are representing them. They're in the final stages of trying to figure out what they're going to do. So that's what the firm is working on. So Michael Clayton, personal, his personal life is kind of in shambles at the time the film begins. So it's already made obvious he's had a, a drinking problem in the past and a gambling problem in the past. He also has a brother who is an alcoholic and another brother who's a cop. The brother who is an alcoholic, he ended up going in with him on a restaurant. So he would have something to go to when his law career was over. So the movie makes quite clear that Michael Clayton is very unhappy with his job as a fixer. Uh, there's a great scene with him and the great Sidney Pollock. And let me just comment on Sidney Pollock real quick. Uh, he's, uh, he's passed away. So if you know his name, great, great directors, directed some great movies, Tootsie, The Firm, uh, Three Days of the Condor. But he started out as an actor. And let me tell you something. When I see him, and he was actually one of the executive producers of this movie as well. And it's kind of funny because he directed Three Days of the Condor, which is a 70s kind of paranoid thriller. Michael Clayton is kind of a throwback movie to those movies of the 70s, and I'll get more into that as we continue with the plot. But Sidney Pollack is an outstanding actor. Like, when I see him, he's cameoed in his own movies. He was in Tootsie. He's came, you know, he's in this film. And most notably, he was in Eyes Wide Shut, the Stanley Kubrick film. And he's phenomenal in all of that. He's a really, really, really good actor. And I wish he would have done more acting, but obviously he was focused on his directing career. But he's a fantastic actor, and he's great in this movie as well. So there's a scene with with uh, with Sidney Pollock and, and Michael Clayton, and uh, he's telling him, you know, Michael Clayton's telling him, I'm happy. I hate my job. I hate what I do. Uh, I want to go back to litigation. And he just basically is blunt with him. He's like, look, anybody can do litigation. And I know you, th you think you were good at it, but sometimes your memory is not as good as what you think, and you do this well. 
and uh, your work here is valued. But obviously, he's uh, Michael Clayton is unhappy. And we also find out that he owes some gamblers or some it looks like bookies a lot of money. And since his restaurant failed because his brother basically bailed on him, uh, he's got to come up with money quick and he doesn't have it. So there's, that's another sense of tension going on as the movie progresses. So back to the suit. So Tilda Swinton is the general counsel for U North, which is the agriculture company that is being sued. And they're trying to get ready for trial. They've fought the entire time. They've they've been very um, adversarial with the with the with the claimants. Now Tom Wilkinson's character Arthur Dietz is the litigator that's been working on this case for the last six years. And what happens as the film progresses, he has a complete and total meltdown. So essentially, they're taking depositions. He basically rants and raves, is screaming, and starts to disrobe and just goes insane. So obviously Michael Clayton is brought in to try to get him corralled and clean this mess up. So it turns out that uh, Arthur has uh, bipolar disorder and had got off his meds. So the movie makes mention of the fact that he, that this happened about six or eight years ago and Michael Clayton talked him down, got him back to normal. So obviously the client is shook. Uh, everybody is scrambling to try to figure out what's going on. And then also the firm that Michael Clayton works for is about to embark on a merger with a big law firm from London. So obviously this could not have come at a you know less opportune time between the the lawsuit itself with this large client and this merger that's uh, about to happen. So that's basically the setup of the movie. So as Michael Clayton goes to corral Arthur and to try to get him back on the reservation and try to get him to um get back to what he's doing, there's you start to find out more about what's going on. Arthur starts calling Anna, who was played, like I said, by Merritt Weaver of Nurse Jackie fame, one of the plaintiffs, and he starts talking to her and telling her that he's going to help her. So obviously in his role as the attorney for the agricultural company, that's not good. That's a, that's a disaster waiting to happen. So part of his meltdown, you find out, is due to the fact that he's been on this case for six years straight, and he is just disgusted by what's been going on and what he's found out, you know, in representing the agricultural company. So of course, as we get through the movie, it becomes kind of a, it becomes a thriller in the sense that there are forces in play that don't want to see Arthur, you know, obviously get back into the courtroom and to try to find a way to make this thing go away. And that's the main thrust of the movie. And it's strange because when I watched the movie, uh, the first time I I'm going to be honest with you when I watched it last night, it was like, I watched it for the first time. It was, I really didn't remember a lot of the movie. So I, I don't know why my negative opinion of it. I don't know if I was tired the night I watched it in 2007 or not paying attention or distracted, or I, I don't know. And I'm glad I rewatched it because it, it, this movie is fantastic. And I, I frankly don't have an answer as to why I wasn't, that impressed with it the first time. I have no idea. I wish I could answer that question because as I was watching the movie again last night, I was kind of dumbfounded. I'm like, what about this movie? Did I not like the performances all across the board are fantastic. George Clooney is great. Tom Wilkinson is great. As I stated before, Sidney Pollock is great. Tilda Swinton is fantastic. Well, she's always great. And, and, and Merritt Weaver is great. It's, it's well acted. The screenplay is great. Uh, as the movie progresses and you see 
there's threats to to Arthur's character and to the to the whole thing of the lawsuit and how insidious this company actually is and all of these threads, uh, you know, his his personal financial situation. Um, you know, he's also a single dad. So he's he's trying to, uh, you know, connect with his son as well. Uh, it's all wonderfully acted and directed. It's really, really, really good. It's a great movie. And I'm really glad I revisited it. And like I said, uh, it was directed and written by Tony Gilroy. Like I said, screenwriter of, of, of the Bourne movies and, and a lot of other films as well. He does a great job directing this film. It's 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 outstanding. It's it's really taught. It's it becomes like I said, it's a legal drama. It's a thriller. It's a it's a personal story. It's all of that wrapped into one. It's really really well done. And like I said, it's a, it's kind of a throwback movie, which is why I think Sidney Pollack. Uh, executive produced it and was involved in it as well because it's it it kind of is a throwback movie and I think maybe you know the movies of the seventies were there's classic movies that come out in the seventies and there's a lot that I haven't seen and I'll, I'll start to when I get into more seventies movies like there's a lot of these paranoid thrillers that I haven't seen actually I haven't seen Three Days of the Condor haven't seen Parallax View with uh, Warren Beatty which is supposed to be another great movie haven't seen All the President's Men um, uh, which is Andrew, Alan J Pakula's movie but. Those movies had a lot of things in common and a lot of things that they had in the seventies was they, the movies were allowed to breathe. They were deliberate. They were slower moving. And I don't mean slower moving, but as in slow, I mean, the pacing is slower. You get to see the characters, the screenplay develops, the action develops. And Michael Clayton kind of reminds me of those movies of the seventies. Now, I don't know if when I first watched this movie, maybe the pacing of it, I wasn't a fan of now, granted this was, um, 12 years ago, I can't even do my math now, 14 years ago, this movie came out. So, uh, you know, I'm a lot older now, but again, I, I, I love movies like this. And it's funny, but like I said, I can't understand why I wasn't a fan of it earlier because I've commented on this podcast previously that the thing that's missing in movies today currently, and I've, I've made this comment over and over again, you know me, I am a big fan of the Marvel movies, uh, comic book movies, franchise movies that are exciting and fun and popcorn movies. I'm a big fan of those movies. But like I've said, the, the the flip side of that and the issue that's become apparent to me is that there's the R-rated adult dramas have been squeezed out. Uh, and what I mean by that is you don't really see them in multiplexes that often, or if they're released, they don't do that well. You seem to find those particular movies now on the streaming platforms, which there's nothing wrong with that. And if you find a great movie on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime, there, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I've watched movies on streaming. Uh, this last year for obvious reasons when theaters were closed, but uh, it bothers me because I do want to see these, these films in the theater and Michael Clayton is, is right there. It's, it's an adult R rated drama. It's not about superheroes. It's not about, uh, you know, dinosaurs. And like I said, I'm not saying that as a, as a, as a knock, what I'm saying is I love the dramas too. Like, and I've said this before on the podcast in the nineties and especially in the eighties. And of course in the seventies, the previous 30 years, you've seen a lot of these, there was always room for R-rated dramas, whether it's legal dramas, thrillers, things like that. Like you can go in the nineties, you can pick out a lot of movies, Silence of the Lambs, Seven. Um, you go back to the eighties, Presumed Innocent, uh, Witness, both with Harrison Ford, but the R-rated drama films for adult audiences that are, that are geared, you know, with great actors and a great screenplay and great direction and, and, and adult themes is really missing now in movies. I mean, just let's, let's take a look at Nomadland that came out this year. I haven't seen it, but and it was released theatrically, but it came out on Hulu. But you don't; those are becoming the 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 outliers and not more 
regular uh, a regular occurrence, and that and that saddens me because those kind of movies are fantastic. And Michael Clayton, uh, if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it. Uh, I checked the box office. Uh, the movie made forty nine million dollars domestically, which is not great. Uh, I remember at the time the movie came out. Again, I remember it being critically acclaimed. I remember getting a boatload of nominations through all the you know Academy Awards, Golden Globes, you know Directors Guild, Writers Guild. And Tilda Swinton pretty much walked away with uh, every award that you can get that year. Tom Wilkinson was nominated. Gilroy was nominated for direction and screenwriting. And then Clooney was nominated for best actor for the Academy Awards. But Tilda Swinton walked away with a lot of them. And she's fantastic in this movie. She's, uh, you can tell her character's kind of intimidated by the situation. Confident, but intimidated. You see a lot of scenes of her rehearsing what she's going to say when she's talking in front of people. And when the things start to unravel, it's she's her performance is great. But like I said, Tilda Swinton is always great in what she does. And Clooney's really fantastic. It's a very naturalistic performance. Uh, he, you know, he's you can tell he's a man that's been beaten down by what he's been doing and doesn't want to do it anymore. Um, plus, all the personal strife that he's going through is 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 impacting everything that's going on around him. And Michael O'Keefe is great. Uh, you may know him from, of course, Caddyshack. And then uh, I remember him for Roseanne. He's great in this movie as well. Again, the wonderful Sidney Pollock, uh, who you can never get enough of. He's fantastic in the movie. And then Tom Wilkinson, who's fantastic. He, you may know him from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He was Falcone in Batman Begins. Uh, fantastic actor, and he's great in this movie as, as Arthur Dietz, the uh, litigator that kind of becomes unhinged. So again, I highly recommend uh, Michael Clayton. So before I continue, uh, again, I'm here live on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. So if you want to come on and talk about Michael Clayton, or if you want to come on and talk about any of the previous podcasts, or if you have questions about movies... Let me know. I would love to discuss it with you. Like I said, I, I do these shows live now to give people the opportunity to come on. Uh, if you want to come on with me live, I'm going to post a link in here shortly. It'll be in the chat and um, you'll be able to come on. Basically, you just click on the link and uh, I see you and then I invite you in. It's really simple. We can either do uh, video if you want to turn your camera on, if you're more comfortable just doing audio. I'm good with that as well. Uh, like I said, we had uh, our first guest on the Gremlins episode come on, which was fantastic. And again, I had my friend Michael do last week's episode as we talked about Brewster's Million. So if you have any questions about Michael Clayton, I'll give my Van Gogh review in a moment. But uh, again, uh, released in 2007, it's currently streaming on HBO Max, but I'm sure you can rent it on VOD if you uh, are so inclined to do so. I highly recommend it. It's, it's a really, really good movie. And I, I got to call myself out on this. I do have, I have no idea why I wasn't a big fan of it the first time. I, I honestly can't fathom what I was doing at that time or what my frame of mind was when I watched it the first time. Obviously, uh, it wasn't the correct frame of mind because this is an excellent, excellent film. And I'm glad I revisited it. And like I said, this will be the first of uh, many episodes that I'll do where I'll do a rewatch of a movie uh, that I have seen before uh, and that maybe either my opinion of it is the same, maybe it's better, maybe it's worse. In this case, it's definitely uh, 10 times better than it was the first time I actually saw the movie. So again, that's Michael Clayton directed by Tony Gilroy and starring George Clooney. So again, if you want to come on, if you don't want to come on live or audio, please type something in the chat. Like I said, if you're watching this on Twitter or YouTube or Facebook, uh, I can see the chats right now. So if you have a question, uh, for me, a question about the show, a question about Michael Clayton or a question about anything movie related. Uh, like I said, I've, I focused the podcast within the last few months on just movies, and I'm glad I did it. And then I've also incorporated this video element, which I love doing. Actually, like I said, it was intimidating at first, but I totally am enjoying it now. And it's fun to interact with people. It's just another way for me to interact with people that may be fans of the show. So on social media, 
You can follow me on Twitter. That is at bend your ear pod. The Facebook page, if you could like it, is facebook.com forward slash let me bend your ear. If you could subscribe to the YouTube channel, that'd be great as well. The YouTube channel is Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. If you use Twitch, like I said, the show is on Twitch right now. They don't have the replays, but when I broadcast live like now, it's available. Uh, so if you're on Twitch, that handles also Bend Your Ear Pod. I am also on Instagram. That is uh, also Bend Your Ear Pod. I haven't gotten to the point where I can put these lives on, on Instagram yet. So that'll be my next uh, challenge to figure out how to stream across on Instagram live too. Because uh, I would like to at least, uh, that'll be every platform that I'm on. So at least people have the opportunity to see it there as well. Because like I said, I want to grow the show and get as many people to watch and or listen as I can. So I want to thank everybody that has been listening and has been watching. Uh, I've uh, increased my downloads uh, of episodes. So that's been really fantastic and really gratifying. And uh, interactions on social media have increased a little bit too. So that's great. And, uh, and I understand, uh, there's people out there that don't interact with me on social media that listen to the podcast. So I want to point those people out because I listen to podcasts as well. So I'm a podcast fan as well as a podcaster and I don't, and I don't interact with, you know, the podcast I listen to. I, I interact with other podcasters on, on Twitter a lot. Um, even ones that I don't listen to actually the ones ironically that I interact with when they're commenting about movies. So if you want to talk movies on the social media realm, definitely hit me up on Twitter at Benjamin pod. I'm on there every day, all day long talking movies with people. Uh, sharing thoughts, you know, opinions, things like that. So if you want to hit me up there, follow me, I'll follow you back. So that's a, that's a, another way you can reach out. But hopefully my ultimate goal is to have people come on the show when I do the lives and uh, discuss movies with me. Cause like I said, I had a guest on last week or the episode that's out now. Uh, I'm going to try, I'm attempting to get more people to come on and talk movies with me. Cause like I said, I understand that's a more compelling experience uh, as a podcast listener to have people conversating about movies as opposed to me flying solo again most of them are, are, are of the shows are going to be me flying solo which i love doing but again I'm, I'm i'm actively trying to incorporate having guests on more frequently uh and as i was explained before just to give some context the reason i don't have a guest on every week is as a logistical matter per se uh because like today today i'm recording in the morning which normally i don't get to do i have to record late at night after everybody's asleep but i have the house to myself for a little while so i'm able to record so obviously scheduling interviews with other people I have to accommodate their schedule. My schedule is limited. So that really limits when I can get guests on. So that's the main reason why I don't have guests on every week, because if I could do it, I would do it. If I could get a guest on every single show, that would be my preference, but trying to commit to that, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. And I wouldn't be able to record every week. Cause the other thing I've been focused on is making sure that I put out a show every single week, whether it's me by myself or me with a guest. Uh, and that's, I think helped increase the reach, the interaction on social media, and then hence the downloads. Uh, because obviously if I'm not putting out content uh, regularly, then people are just going to lose interest or, or and stop listening. So that's the main reasons I don't have guests every week, just to kind of give some context around that. So again, if you want to come on live, if you have a question, please come into the chat. I've posted the link. If you don't see the link and you want to come on now, just uh, say it in the chat here. I'll put the link up again. That's no problem. I have no problem reposting it. So again, I'm live on Facebook, on my personal Facebook, if you follow me there. And then on the show Facebook page, uh, Let Me Bend Your Ear, also on YouTube on Twitter and on Twitch. So again, I'm very happy I revisited Michael Clayton. Uh, again, it was a movie that I really wasn't a fan of the first time. And like I said, for inexplicable reasons, I, I don't know. I'm a little dumbfounded that it, that I had that opinion, but on the rewatch, it was really, really good. So out of five Van Goghs, I'm going to give Michael Clayton four and a half Van Goghs. I highly recommend this movie. If you have not seen it, definitely see it. If you're a fan of Clooney, he's great in it. 
The acting is good from top to bottom. The direction is good. The screenplay is really, really good. Uh, you really, uh, you really are kind of on your seat to the end to see how this plays out. It's, uh, it's, and like I said, I'm a fan of good, and it's not really a legal thriller, even though there's lawyers involved. Uh, but it's a thriller in itself, and and it's it reminds me of another movie that I have to rewatch. I haven't watched in a while, uh, called The Civil Action, starring John Travolta, which is based on the best-selling novel and directed by Steve Zalian, who I'm a big fan of, who wrote and directed, or who wrote Schindler's List, the screenplay, and wrote and directed Searching for Bobby Fischer, which is one of my favorite movies, which I have reviewed on this podcast. So go back in the archive and get that episode of Searching for Bobby Fischer. That's one of my favorite movies uh, of all time. So uh, this movie is, is, like I said, it's a throwback movie. It's a adult-centered drama with adult themes in the sense it's just, yeah, like I said, it's not a superhero movie. It's not a a tentpole franchise film. And like I said, that, I'm not saying that as a knock. I'm just saying it is as a comment on to what type of movie this is. So if you're looking for something uh, that's uh, intelligent, well-acted, well-executed, and gripping from beginning to end, uh, this is the movie to choose. So again, I'm going to give Michael Clayton four and a half Van Goghs out of five. So again, thank you for joining. I see a couple of people are on here live. So uh, thank you. Quick wave out there. If you have a question for me, if you have a movie suggestion for me, and I didn't give the email address. So the other thing I'm going to solicit too, if you have a movie that you would like me to discuss and review either solo, or if you have a movie that you would like to discuss and review with me on a live taping of the show, hit me up on my email or on Twitter. Those are the two best places to reach me. And I will respond pretty quickly. Like I said, at bend your ear pod is my Twitter handle. The email for the show is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. So you can email me anytime there with movie suggestions, thoughts on the show, comments on the show. Uh, what do you like? What do you want to see more of? Like I said, I, I'm actively trying to engage the audience to get more people to listen. So I would ask a couple of things. If you're a regular listener to the show, I want to thank you. I am so appreciative of that. I appreciate the fact that you check the shows out. I appreciate the fact that you listen to them. And one thing I want to say, and I saw this tweet the other day, so I'm, I'm stealing their thunder a little bit. If you listen to a podcast, I said a couple of minutes ago that, you know, I don't really interact and I'm guilty of it as well of, of interacting with the podcasters that I listen to because most of them are on social media. Uh, if you are a fan of a podcast and you see them on social media, reach out to them and tell them you're a fan. You don't, you don't understand what that little gesture means to a podcaster. Uh, I know I've met, a, I've talked to a lot of podcasters, independent podcasters like myself, and we do it because we love it. And I do this because I enjoy it. I love it a lot. Like I said, if I had 10,000 listeners or 10, I still enjoy doing this and I love it. It's, it's, it gives me a lot of joy, but what's really cool is when somebody reaches out to you and says, Hey, you know what? I dug that podcast or I dug that episode. Uh, you're doing a great job or, or I'm a fan. You know, that, that little tweet means the world. Uh, I had someone do that with me the other day. It's fantastic. So if you do that, if you can do that, like I said, just take two seconds and say, you know what? Great episode. And also I would ask if you are a fan of the show or a fan of a particular episode and you see it, I post every episode on my social media, just retweet it, share it, like it, comment on it, say, Hey, Hey, great podcast. It was great. You should check it out. If you know people that are movie fans or movie buffs, even if you're not a big time movie fan, but you know, someone, family member, friend, uh, recommend the show to them because that's as an independent podcaster, the only really two ways we have to get out there is to be out there, put ourselves out there, release podcasts, social media sharing by people that listen to the show. And then the other thing that I would ask you to do, if you listen to the audio version of this podcast, which is fantastic, and I love that. Thank you. This has always been an audio podcast. It'll always be one. And that's where it started and it'll stay as well. The video is just another uh, aspect of it to help improve. But if you listen uh, whatever podcasting app you listen, if it's uh, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to this show regularly, wherever you get it, wherever your podcatcher is, if you can rate and review, hopefully you give the show four or five star, five stars, hopefully if you really like it. That's hugely important. If you listen to podcasts regularly, you'll see big podcasts, small podcasts ask the same uh, favor of listeners because the more ratings and reviews any show has on a particular platform, the higher that show is going to show up on search results. So if somebody's going on, either they've never listened to podcasts before or they're they're out of the ones they listen to. And with this particular podcast, it is a movie podcast. So maybe the movie podcast they listen to is defunct. They've stopped or they're not doing episodes or in, they're in between seasons. I don't have seasons. I record pretty much every week. So there'll always be a show available barring any weird circumstances. So if they're looking for a movie podcast and this show can generate a lot of reviews, a lot of five-star reviews, a lot of ratings, then this show will rise in those searches because that's really the only other way that people will find this show is through word of mouth, which comes both in the form of sharing on social media and on rating and reviewing. So if you could do those two things, I would really appreciate it. And to those that have done that, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And like I said, I'm trying every week to come up with ways to make the show more engaging. Uh, like I said, with the video, uh, with the with the live streaming on multiple platforms, uh, making sure to have content that's uh, compelling to make you want to come back and listen. So again, if you want to email the show with any suggestions, comments, or more specifically movies you want me to check out and review and discuss either on my own or have you come on with me again, the email is bend your ear pod or excuse me, at, excuse me, bend your ear podcast at gmail.com. Sorry, forgot it for a second. Bend your ear podcast at gmail.com. Or like I said, Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me uh, is at bend your ear pod on Twitter. And like I said, I'm also on Instagram. Uh, at our Benjur ear pod. So you can reach me there, but definitely Twitter is probably the best way to get a hold of me. So again, this is the let me bend your ear podcast live episode. Uh, I just reviewed and discussed Michael Clayton. Again, I gave it four and a half Van goes out of five. So I'm gonna give uh, one more opportunity. I'm going to sign off here in the next couple of minutes. If anybody wants to come on or make a comment about Michael Clayton or have a question for me, uh, come on, like I said, come on right now. I'll be happy to bring you on or answer a question. Uh, we can do video or audio. So I'm going to put it out there. So again, Please follow the show on YouTube. Let me bend your ear podcast. Subscribe there. Um, I'm trying to get my subscriber count up there as well. Like the Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash let me bend your ear. Again, Twitter at bend your ear pod. Instagram, bend your ear pod. So again, thank you everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you for those that are watching this morning. It's kind of great not to do one in the middle of the night. So I was kind of happy to do it today. So hopefully I'll try to do more where I can get it recordings in the morning. Cause obviously one, hopefully that gives a better opportunity for people to come on because a lot of people are sleeping when I'm recording. Uh, so it's nice to do it in the daytime where people are actually awake. So thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And again, I highly recommend Michael Clayton four and a half Van Gogh's out of five. It is currently streaming now on HBO max. So I'm sure you can rent it uh, wherever you get video on demand. So I hope everybody has a wonderful week. We will see you next week with a new episode of the let me bend your ear podcast. Take care.